Every Thursday, we'll be releasing a pair of interviews with some amazing nonprofits talking about their awesome impact in the communities they are in. We'll talk about some challenges they've faced and chat about their best tips and tricks that might just help your organization do good better. Hey, enjoy these mini episodes of inspiration that make a major difference in the lives of those served by these incredible nonprofits. Hey there, friends. Before we get to a brand new episode of the official Do Good Better podcast, we want to thank you, the listener, for subscribing and sharing with all of your nonprofit friends. Most importantly, we need to be thanking the sponsors to this very show. Hey, if you're in the market for a CRM system that makes your life easier, there is no better item in your fundraising toolbox than DonorDoc. DonorDoc is not only the premier sponsor to the show, it is the premier and intuitive CRM system that not only has everything you want, but has zero things you don't. No one needs complicated, especially when you wear 10,000 different hats at your nonprofit. So get DonorDoc and use Do Good Better at checkout and get a month free to try it out. Thanks, DonorDoc, for being an awesome sponsor. Hey, speaking of life being easier, fundraising is not. And as a listener to this podcast, I hope you found some insight and tips and tricks on how to make it a little less challenging. But if you're looking for a more content, more done-for-you templates, weekly support, and a community of other do-gooders like yourself to either commiserate, challenge, co-create, or celebrate with, join Do Good University. Hey, it's our brand-new membership site. We have hours and hours of on-demand trainings, exclusive guest expert webinars, and access to the entire Do Good Better crew to answer all of your pressing questions. All of that is for an affordable monthly fee. So visit dogooduniversity.com or click the link in the show notes for details. Hey, get ready for another episode of the official Do Good Better podcast. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. And most of the time, those people who are going to help us do good better are actually executive directors and co-founders of small, medium-sized nonprofits. With us today, Sarah Fisher. She is the co-founder of Crosses for Cameron here in Fargo, North Dakota. Sarah, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you for having us on the show. Excited I'm, to be here. I'm super excited to have you on. Uh, our paths have crossed a number of times, and uh, I'm glad we're getting to chat today. If somebody's finding us on Spotify or their uh, iTunes or anywhere else uh, who's finding this podcast, they might be very interested in who you are too, but they might not know all the details. So if, before we kind of kick everything off, can you start at a 5,000 foot view on who you are, what you do, why we're talking today? Okay. Well, my name is Sarah Fisher and I am the lucky mom of Cameron. And Cameron was killed in a car accident in about 2018 and he became an organ donor. So thus far, he has helped 124 people. He has another year to go with a bone tissue and ligament. They store that in a tissue bank. And uh, we started Crosses for Cameron out of the loss of him and to honor all donors and recipients who families that have lost someone and have gone through the process of organ donation. Um, 
We send out crosses to people who have lost someone, not only through uh, organ donation, but just uh, grief is such a journey and it looks different for everyone. And I know that when I was going through it, um, it takes a village. And I was so thankful for the huge support system that I had, but not everyone is that lucky. So we wanted to make sure that people had a support system who maybe didn't. And so it's always fun to get that letter in the mail that's not a bill, right? And um, when you go through the grief journey, everyone's there the first two weeks and you're just all inundated with all that support. But then people go back to their normal lives and you're just kind of there. So that's where we like to kind of step in. Um, Then we also do go to all the driver's ed classes. We speak to non like Lions Clubs, Optimus Clubs. We've been to state conventions. I have spoke at Sanford for different medical things, telling Cameron's story and just uh, putting out myths that there are about uh, organ donation, such as I want to have an open casket so I can't be an organ donor. Mm. Well, that's a myth. You can be an organ donor. So we just want to eliminate those myths so that people don't um, not check the box when they could have and wanted to. Um, Our last thing that we have done uh, is we created the Garden of Healing, and that's a a whole nother topic, which we probably don't have time for today. But out of uh, Cameron's loss and COVID and everything else, we just realized that the community needed a place to grieve and um, just be out in nature. We know that's a healing element. So over by the Shield Arena, we created the Garden of Healing. Um, we have the first phase done and we're looking to do the second phase. Governor Burgum came and did our ribbon cutting as well as all the five mayors. So, uh, we have a lot of fun stories that come out of that and just the healing that that has brought. So we're really busy with crosses for Cameron and our sub project garden of healing. I love that. Uh, you, you said something interesting too. And I think this is, um, where, where people grieve at a different rate than, than other people. Right. So we all have our individual things, but what you said was interesting is like, yeah, probably after two weeks. All right. I've, I've moved on. We've got the attention span of gnats, but not for those who have had that particular loss. How did, how did, did that have the, a lot of influence on kind of creating this is like, okay, well, we saw a gap in not, not people caring, but people who were, who just checked in or did that kind of stuff. Was that, was that maybe some of the impetus that kind of just drove you to creating CrossFit Cameron? Is that the length of time that you know, how long, you know, this, this process takes still takes, right. There's no end game to this. Um, but, uh, was, was that kind of part of the reason that this was started? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, I don't want to minimize anyone's loss. Uh, If your grandma passes away, that is a terrible loss. You've had her for a long time. But what I tell people is uh, child loss is different. Um, You expect that, you know, through the progress of life, your grandma will pass away, right? But you don't expect to get a call where your 22-year-old or your 5-year-old or whatever age your child is um, passes away. It's just not the the um, order that we we want right and so um for us we just want to be able to connect with those people that have lost children because for me right now it's very painful on facebook for instance like i'm so happy for cameron's friends but cameron would be getting married no and that's a life process that i don't get to experience with him as well as someone who's lost a two-year-old you know they don't get to watch them go to preschool or that. And so it's, 
it's a different kind of loss when you connect with a parent who has lost a child. And um, not by fault of anyone, but people don't know what to say, right? Yeah. And say, so one thing I've learned, and I've done it probably before I lost Cameron, but if you have to start a sentence with, well, at least, don't say it, right? At least you have other children. At least, um, you know, this or that. And um, they mean so well, but um, when you're grieving that loss, it's hard. And uh, I just tell people just hug someone or just say, I'm sorry, I, you know, and don't ask, what can I do? Just do something because, right, we're in such a process of uh, processing the call, the loss, the funeral, all your life turned upside down. We don't even really know what we want or need at that time. So I thought one thing that's super interesting, what we have failed as a society is back when your mom and dad lost their grandma or someone, we all brought hot dishes, right? That's what you did to your neighbors. You showed up with a hot dish Mm -hmm. and you brought it in your very best Sunday dish. Mm -hmm. Um, Then there was that chance to go back and reconnect because you had to go pick up your dish, right? Mm -hmm. We don't do that anymore. We're lucky if we get that person to bring a meal And then if they do, they bring it in a disposable aluminum pan because we're busy, right? And we don't want to have burden that person with trying to figure out who brought what pan. But we lose that element of checking back. Mm -hmm. And so um, I always tell people, when you lose someone or know someone that's lost someone, especially a child, go buy a roll of stamps and um, go buy a lot of cards. Because when you see that on Facebook, that card in the mail or that that dish and then saying i'll be back i'll be back to get my dish and that might be the day that you just really need a hug or to talk to someone so those are two important things that i hope we can get back in our society is the good old snail mail and the good old hot dish pan (laughs) we talk about that a lot on the show too is the sort of the value of a thank you note because it's one of those where it's not an email you know that or not a little facebook note with a with a prayer, uh, prayer hands and a, Hey, thoughts, thoughts and prayers. There's a meaning behind it. And I think that's really what the unique part about this, um, this whole process and the, and the whole organization is. And I think that's where, you know, you can sort of uh, intimate kind of what your big wins are. It's those little things that are the big wins for the family that don't necessarily need a lot of glitz uh, but have some some real meaning. I love the dish thing, by the way. That's such a good reminder, and I don't think people remind themselves enough of that. So I love that as a as a bit. What have you found is the most difficult or most challenging thing about uh, about the nonprofit itself, or starting a nonprofit, and, and sort of what what do you find challenging currently that you're trying to kind of overcome as a nonprofit leader? Well, you know, I'm we're part of Dakota Medical Foundation, which has just been amazing because, like, I knew I wanted to start something to help people. But where do you start? Yeah. And Dakota Medical Foundation is just amazing. Um, the the thing that I would tell people is uh, connect with someone like them who is able to help you because it, it is so overwhelming and you don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. The biggest challenge is uh, finding volunteers because, as you know, people are busy, right? And uh, with Dakota Medical and Giving Heart State, there's over... 600, and I think the number was 57 registered uh, nonprofits with just them. And that's not even including the ones 
that just try to do something good and, you know, maybe have a toy drive in memory of their child or, or something like that, or 5k in, in memory of their dad and, and want to give to the heart association or something. Those aren't registered ones. These are just the registered ones. So it's like when, when people are busy with their own lives or they have uh, one certain organization that they want or feel a heart tug at, um, that's where we are at a loss sometimes is for the volunteers because everybody's just so busy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the nice thing is there's a lot of uh, work people, workplaces right now that are encouraging volunteerism. So like I work at Samford and we get a paid volunteer day, eight hours. We can break it up to many different groups. So we could do two hours for United Way. We could do two hours for Crosses for Cameron, et cetera. Um, but I am finding that even in our organization, I will ask people, did you do your eight hours? Oh, forgot about it. And then they, that's gone. I mean, it's a year by year basis. So I think as big companies, if you do provide that type of um, wonderful benefit that people can go out into our community, um, we just have to find better ways of maybe organizing it or encouraging units to do that because Again, people are just busy and they forget and then the timeline lapses and then that wonderful opportunity is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm still trying to figure out ways to encourage or do that um, on my end too. You know, one of those one of those interesting things if that became part of your um, your process is calling groups and saying, hey, do you have a pro- do you have a something that um, you work with or you have uh, at your um, place of employment for volunteers? We'd love to help you get those volunteer hours uh, accomplished or whatever. You become the catalyst for that, which is kind of an interesting thing. So if you're a nonprofit listening out there, by the way, you're getting a lot of helpful helpful hips, uh, tips and, and tricks already out of the gate here. But it's a great idea to go and find those organizations or find those businesses that have the you know encouraging uh, paid time to volunteer per month or per year. And you can be the catalyst to help them sort of finagle, uh, you know, sort of make that easier on them because their HR department is as busy as those individuals who are trying to carve out the time and you're going to be helping them too. There, a bonus tip and trick today uh, here on the Do <laughs> Better podcast. You know, uh, part of the thing, what have you learned most about starting a nonprofit? I think that tip and trick, I think, would be really intriguing to those who are either considering to starting one or who are in the infancy that are just kind of like, like you said, don't know where to start. What's a good tip or trick that you've learned while going through this process uh, that you would recommend to those who are in a similar position of just kind of, I got a mission, I got this thing. How do I, what do I do? Right. Well, I guess my biggest tip is um, evaluate what kind of time you have to put into it. Because if you know that you don't have a big army around you of volunteers and um, looking at what you want to accomplish with your nonprofit, it can be overwhelming and um, you're already trying to deal with your grief and loss and then putting the pressure of, oh my gosh, I started this nonprofit and now I don't. And for instance, I had a friend who lost um, two children. Mm. She's done a few toy drives. Um, You know, people get busy. They forget about the toy drive. She was disappointed in some of the, um, you know, response, like she was hoping to get a thousand toys and she maybe only got a hundred. And so what you have in your mind as the person doing it, you think, oh my gosh, I failed. Well, Mm. well, not really because there's still a hundred kids that got a toy that would have never had a toy right at the hospital. So, um, you know, set your expectations 
Um, Because you don't want to add that failure to your list of things that you're already grieving. And so um, for me, so I started the nonprofit as it started to snowball. And especially with adding the garden of healing, I was just going to do phase one. Now we're looking at a football size field, a million dollar project. And I'm like, whoa, 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 I have a full-time job, you know, and trying to manage this and process for Cameron. So for me, but once you start the ball rolling, I can't quit now. I don't want to quit. I just have to really like get lots of less sleep. And I'm, I'm a person that's busy and doing, 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 doing anyway. So for me, it's not going to put more stress, but if you're the kind of person that that would put more stress you know, just really start out slow, evaluate what you want to accomplish and do baby steps so that you don't add that extra set of stress to yourself. I love it. That's a wonderful piece of advice. Is You don't need to sprint. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So a wonderful piece of advice. Uh, Sarah, how do people get a hold of you? How do people get a hold of Crosses for Cameron? How do they check out what you're up to, especially Garden of Healing? Where do they go? Um, so we have crosses for current Cameron at outlook.com. That's our email address. We also have crosses for Cameron. We are on Facebook. We are on um, uh, Instagram. We can, I can just send you those links if you want. We'll put them down in the show notes for sure. And I think everybody should encourage you to kind of check it out. And if you've got somebody who you know um, has a a, a young individual in their family or a child that that, uh, that passes away unexpectedly, probably a good uh, organization to get yourself a hold of so you can kind of manage and then take all those tips and tricks about getting that best dish, uh, you know, when you are going there to go. And I think that's lovely as well. Well, and if I could quick add, I know we're almost out of time, but um, this is another little project that I started. And this was during COVID because like I said, Arlen and I do a yeah. lot of speaking. We'd love to come out to your organization if you would like to us to talk about um, organ donation as well as process for Cameron or the garden. But we couldn't do that in 2020. Uh, so we started the uh, rock campaign. I wanted to get a rock in every state um, within, I thought, six months with the power of internet and our friends we were able to get one in every state, including Alaska and Hawaii, in six days. And now we've made over 23,000 rock packets. And I know this because we have to order the bags from Walmart. <laughs> but um, he has been all over the country, all over the world. And I have some of the best stories that have come out of this rock. Um, the one that I'd like to just highlight super quick, you think, well, what does a rock do, right? Um, I'm from Alexandria, Minnesota, and my friend was passing out some rocks. She does meals on wheels. She passes place by Glenwood that kind of has a nice overlook. And she drove by it. She said, something told me I needed to go back. So she went and put a rock there. That night, I got a message from a 17 year old girl mm. who, had, who had gone there to commit suicide. And she found Cameron's rock and read his story. And she said, I just want to let you know that I went to get help because Cameron was such an inspiration to me. And so that is just one of the great stories that have come out of this. So if you're a nonprofit would like to help paint rocks and spread rocks, or um, if you know people that are traveling, I'm always looking for more super spreaders, as I call them. (laughs) It's the best super spreader of all. 
time. I love that. I love taking that back for a positive route. Uh, Sarah, thanks so much for being um, really a shining light for something that really is a, sort of a hard topic. Uh, it's super difficult to chat about and it's super difficult to sort of uh, endure on a, on a regular basis, but you're such a rock star doing it. I appreciate <laughs> you. And thank you so much for being a guest here on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you so much. Have a good day, guys. Fundraising is hard, and as a listener to this podcast, I hope you found some insight and tips and tricks on how to make it a little less challenging. But if you're looking for a lot more content, done-for-you templates, weekly support, and a community of other do-gooders like yourself to commiserate, challenge, co-create, or celebrate with, I want to invite you to join Do Good University. It's our brand new membership site. We're going to have hours of on-demand trainings, exclusive guest expert webinars, and access to the Do Good Better crew to answer all of your pressing questions, all for an affordable monthly fee. So visit dogooduniversity.com or click the link in the show notes for details.